Hello, dear influential leaders. This is Alexander with another episode of the Influential Executive Podcast. Today, I present to you a meaningful conversation I had with Neen James. Neen James, she helps businesses, CEOs with managing their attention. She says, everybody's focused on time management, but it's actually about attention management. What is your return on attention? What I particularly loved about this interview is Neen's high energy. She is there, she is present. She is taking this conversation all the way. And this conversation is full with little tips and tricks, things you can apply to, to manage your attention better, but also to leave a bigger impression with the people you interact with. There's a couple of recommendations of great speakers, people you can look up on, on YouTube, you can find to inspire you. But most of all, we had a conversation that just flowed naturally. We touched upon many different topics and you're gonna find out as you start listening right now. Enjoy my conversation with Neen James. Neen James, welcome in the Influential Executive Podcast. G'day, what a treat it is to serve you and your listeners. Thank you for inviting me to be involved from opposite ends of the world even. Yeah, where are you right now? So I just relocated. So you can tell from my accent that I'm from Australia. So I relocated from Sydney, Australia to the US many years ago. And we just moved from the east coast of the US near New York down to Tampa, Florida. So while everyone else is freezing, I am nice and warm down here. Uh, that sounds really, really good. Actually, I was in Florida just about a month ago. Oh, really? In, in August, it can get quite warm. Apparently, if you can survive August, you can survive anything in Florida. So that's kind of, I think, the craziest, hottest time of year. So I hope they made you feel welcome, even if it was disgustingly hot. Oh, yes. I felt very welcome and I met some amazing people in there. So it's definitely going to be repeated in the future. <laughs> you speak about folding time. Mm -hmm. Now... You know, time is, uh, is a challenge for pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, here I am speaking to specialists. You speak about nothing else than folding time and managing attention and all of that. So I'm, I'm very curious to understand what do you mean by folding time? Well, you know, I grew up in corporate business in Australia. So I worked in retail banking, telecommunications in the oil industry. And there's not a lot of chicks in oil in Australia in my profession. And what I realized was not just my corporate career, but also as an entrepreneur for over 15 years having my own company, that you can't manage time. Like time management is such a ridiculous concept because time's going to happen whether you like it or not, right? So you and I, we both get 1,440 minutes in a day. It doesn't matter if you're a corporate executive or an entrepreneur. We get the same amount of time. Time is, time is not biased. Time is the great equalizer. Time doesn't care. So I realized in my body of work that you can't actually manage time, but you can manage your attention. So when I wrote the book Folding Time, through all the research that I did, I interviewed hundreds of CEOs of organizations. I realized that we do need to focus some of our, the way that we have a relationship with time, but we have to really manage our attention. We need to be able to leverage the energy that we have in order for us to filter all of our decisions and ensure we're working on the right workflow, as you know, in the work that you do. 
it's when we do this that I think we can achieve twice as much in half the amount of time. And so that's really managing our attention, getting ROA, return on attention, because you can't manage time, but you can manage your attention. Yeah. I am um, like literally the hour before this hour time slot, I interviewed Tony Crabb, mm -hmm. author of Busy. I'm sure you're familiar. Mm -hmm. And we spoke about attention a lot. One of the questions I asked him is, fundamentally, what is that attention? I'd be interested to see if his answer is different to mine, Alexander. I think when I was writing the book, Attention Pays, which is our latest book, and what I discovered in my research is there's really three ways we pay attention. And people may want to write this down. The first way we pay attention is personal attention. This is really about who deserves your attention. And I believe this is about being thoughtful and having systems of attention to be able to showcase that. The second way we pay attention, Alexander, is professional attention. This is really about what deserves your attention. And this is really your sweet spot. And that is about how can we be more productive? And then the third way we pay attention is global attention, which is how we pay attention in the world. This is about being responsible. This is about being a contributor. So if you really think of attention in three ways, we pay attention personally, professionally, and globally. It's about who deserves our attention, what deserves our attention, and how we're paying attention in the world. Because I think what happens is we get told to pay attention all the time. Like at school, our teachers tell us to pay attention. Uh, we tell our own kids to pay attention. In fact, we're so sick of people telling us to pay attention. We think we're paying attention, but we're not. I think what's happening is we've made attention like transactional instead of intentional. And one of the things we explore in the book is that it's intention that makes our attention valuable. So it's the choices we make and the actions we take. So that's the way I see the idea of what is attention? Well, there's three ways we pay it, but what I want our viewers to think about and the listeners to your podcast is, is it intentional attention? Are you really choosing consciously? Are you acting deliberate, uh, really deliberately? Because that's when you make some big transformations. Yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So anyone listening right now thinking, you know, I've called myself enough times now being busy uh, always being one step behind spending a lot of time in my head instead of being present right now in the current moment mm -hmm. time to make a change so where to start how, you know, how can i take control of my attention make it super simple for yourself don't overthink this you know one of the things that people are suffering from alexander is the fact that we have in the book we call it the over trilogy meaning People are overwhelmed, they're overstressed, and they're overtired. And when people have that over trilogy, they suffer from exactly what you're talking about. So let me give you a super easy, quick fix immediately. Every person listening to this podcast, watching this video, you have the ability to create one system of attention. Let me give you one super easy one, and that is this. Every day, create a strategic appointment with yourself just 15 minutes at the top of your day. And in your strategic appointment, I want to encourage you to think about 
what are the top three not negotiable activities? So before your head hits the pillow tonight, before you go to sleep, what are three things you absolutely must do? Now, this strategic appointment with yourself will help you to make an agreement with yourself on what's going to deserve your focus that day. So I, Alexander, I have tried every app, planner, digital, um, analog, you name the system, I have tried every system, and this is how I do my 15-minute appointment. It might surprise people, it's pretty fancy, they may want to write it down. I grab myself a little old post-it note. You know those sticky little notes? And here's what I do. Every day, at the top of the post-it note, I write this. Today, I will. So it's an agreement with myself. I'm going to hold myself accountable, and then I write my three non-negotiable activities. Now, the reason I use a post-it note, which probably sounds so crazy to your listeners, is because I carry that stupid little post-it note with me all day. It becomes my decision filtering system. So if you want to make it easy for yourself to start paying attention to what really matters and who matters in your life, just start with yourself, 15 minutes. Make an agreement, here's what I will absolutely do today. And then just try it out for me for a couple of days and I bet you any money it will change the way you look at your to-do list and it'll change the way you focus your attention. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's uh, super powerful and it is powerful because you, you schedule the big rocks first as, as Stephen yes. Coffey explained. Yes. It is also powerful because what happens in these 15 minutes, it's kind of magic, is what I call, it's a zoom out moment. So you shift gears, you shift perspectives, and suddenly you look at the bigger picture of what's going on, yes. instead of just going from task to task to task to task. Exactly. If you think about it, if you're uh, listening to this, or maybe you're watching it, and think about the last time you had to go on a road trip. So maybe you were driving from Amsterdam to London. I don't know. Maybe you're driving somewhere. And then you think, well, I have to pack all this stuff in my car. So you get to the back of the car. Uh, in Australia, we call the back of the car the boot, but Americans call it the trunk. Um, I don't know what we call it in Europe. Do you call it the trunk of the car or the boot of the car? Um, the back so car. English is not my native language, but I okay. usually say trunk. Okay, all right, so we're going to go with the American slash European slash Alexander version, which is the trunk, right? So you're standing on your drive and you have all this luggage that has to go in the trunk of your car. And you know that the large luggage items have to go in first. And then you're smushing all the little things around it, correct? But I think what happens is we don't realize that our day is just like a road trip. We need to put the large luggage items in first and then put the little things around it. But so many people listening to this podcast, I guarantee many of them, they love to just get the little stuff done because they feel good because they cross it off their list and it makes them feel good. I bet there's even people listening to this, and I've done this, is we write things on a to-do list just so we can cross them off, which is crazy, but we do it because we want some sense of satisfaction and we get the little things done. Yes, exactly. It's that little high five from our brain that's like, yay, you, little happy drug, you know. If anyone wears a Fitbit and they know that, like, when you get those 10,000 steps, your little Fitbit goes, woohoo, Alexander, you're a rock star. Yay, you just got your little 10,000 steps. Our brain craves this completion, right? And so when we cross things off the to-do list, you're absolutely right. It's the hit of the happy drug dopamine. And so we have to look at our day and think what will really help us advance our goals? What are the things that will get us closer to doing what's really important in our entrepreneurial business or in our corporate career? And so what I want people to think about is that 
the large luggage, those rocks as, as, as Kobe would call them, and you're saying zoom out, these are all the same concepts and that is we have to be able to balance our strategic and our tactical. We have to look at the big picture, the important items and prioritize them. In the book we talk about the fact that we need to prioritize our priorities. Don't let everybody else dictate how you're going to spend your day. You choose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you are in control. Well, um, it's easy to say, say. It's also easy to forget with uh, all the all the pressure that is being put on people, and also this this natural need of wanting to please everyone and just mm -hmm. doing things because we think other people expect it of us. Yes. And like things just get mixed up, and and I always tell people, you know. You are the center of your universe. Yes, the every day. this is it. This is you walk your path, your timeline, and everybody else is just a character in your big play. This is your movie. You are the hero. And once it. people make that click, then they start to speak differently to themselves, become more strategic, ask new questions. Yeah, and I think that what happens is in our desire to your point around pleasing people, many people find it challenging to say no. And in some cultures, the word no is not as embraced as well as other cultures. I love the word no. I think it's the most productive word that we have in our language. However, I think people need techniques to say no nicely. So for example, if someone invites you to a social obligation and you don't really want to go, but you think, well, I should probably go. So I always say to people, well, Alexander, thank you for thinking of me for that fabulous event. It sounds amazing. Have a great time. Like I just decline. So I just, I say no immediately because I think what happens is we live in this stupid gray area. We're like, oh, should I go? Should I not go? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And it's such a waste of mental real estate. Whereas if we just simply said, you know what? No, this doesn't serve me. This is not a good use of my time and attention. And just say no from the beginning, but do it nicely. Always thank the person for the invitation. Acknowledge and say you have another commitment. I don't care if the commitment's with your pillow. Nobody needs to know what you're doing in your private time. And then just decline it. In the same with a project at work, someone might ask you, hey, can you help me with this project? You can say, hey, thank you for thinking of me. That sounds like an amazing project. I'm at capacity right now, but good luck with your project. <laughs> I'm at capacity right now. It's my uh, favorite it's, line. Yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. favorite line. I used to use it all the time. Lots of my corporate executives use it now because you're not saying I'm too busy because I hate that phrase. And I don't know what your previous guest said about busy, but I hate, I hate when people say I'm too busy because what they're really saying is I'm too busy for you. And nobody wants that. And I think we need to eliminate that. Now, if you just say I'm at capacity, you are at capacity. Nobody knows your capacity and neither do you need to tell them. It's more elegant. It doesn't make anyone feel bad. It's just truth. I'm at capacity right now. Funny, funny. <laughs> Language. <laughs> so let's, let's zoom in on attention a little bit more because this is like the scarcest resource in the world and it's a superpower at the same time. We want to take charge of it. And um, I learned that meditation works really well to improve your attention span and also mm -hmm. the depth of your focus 
in every moment you experience. Yes. What have you found out about that? You know, Alexander, I used to think that people that meditated would like sit cross-legged on a floor on a yoga mat and they'd chant. Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, good gracious, I could never do that. And I can't make my mind stop. And what am I going to do if I think about stuff? And so I used to think that meditating was like you had to stop and be still and not think about anything else. And I thought to myself, I can't do that. That's crazy. I'm like this high energy person. But when I started to practice meditation, it totally transformed the way that I show up. Because even if it's just five minutes, like just a guided meditation, I use, I have a Peloton bike and they have meditation as part of it. I have my favorite instructors who meditate. You could use Calm or Headspace. I mean, there's so many apps available to people. But you know what I've noticed, um, Alexander, is I think it does a number of things. Not only does it allow you to really tap into the way you breathe and become very aware of your, your body and being able to do body scans and know where you hold tension, but I think it allows you to be more creative. I think it allows your brain to be able to focus more on some of the more strategic work that you need to do. I think it allows you to be more innovative and approach things from a different situation because after every meditation that I've ever experienced, I always, always feel better. I feel more grounded, I feel more calm, and I feel more in control of things. And so I will do it uh, on a plane, in an airport, I'll do it in a hotel, I'll do it just before I step on stage. And you know, my role requires an enormous amount of energy because I'm often the keynote speaker that opens a big corporate conference. And so for me, managing my energy is a big responsibility. And being an attention expert, apparently, according to my meeting planners, I have to role model that. When I discovered meditation, it totally changed the way that I was able to show up on a daily basis. So people listening to this who think, oh, it's so woo-woo and I can't stop my mind and I won't be able to do it, I promise you, if I can do it, anyone can do it. But start with guided meditations first. Get an app and just try it out and just see how you feel afterwards. I guarantee you, if you just invest a few moments every day, you'll feel so much better. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Reframing it to practicing. It is a practice, yeah. I, I've had people say, ah, I'm really bad at meditation because <laughs> every time I have all these thoughts and uh, <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. When, when my thoughts come in, I'm always like, oh, hello. Goodbye. Like, I will see the thought and I'll be like, well, hello, thought. And then I'll be like, okay, bye. I can think about you later. So that is something that everyone goes to. And so I think if you are trying to learn meditation, I don't think there is someone who's good at meditation or someone who's bad at meditation. Meditation just is, right? I, I say in the book that attention is yoga for the mind right? And in yoga, if you've ever practiced yoga, you know, it's a practice. Every day you come to the mat or however you practice and you, you, every day is different. Your body feels different. Your emotional state is different. Your awareness is different. And so some days you feel like, yes, I totally nailed this yoga and I'm great. And then other days you're like, man, I can't even get my heels down and down though. Like what is happening here, right? It's a practice just like meditation is. Attention is a skill. You learn to walk, you learn to talk, you can learn to pay attention. The difference is choosing to be very intentional with your attention. Yeah, yeah, super powerful. So we have 
the strategic meeting with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have meditation. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a third must, something you say, you know, if you take yourself somewhat serious as a professional and if you somewhat are in here to live your most beautiful life, then this is also something, it's a must. I believe in systemized thoughtfulness. Now let me explain what that is because it may sound a little crazy to people. I believe in having systems to be thoughtful for the world around us. Let's use people's names, for example. Dale Carnegie wrote a book in the early 1900s and his advice back then is as true today as it was back then and he said this, a person's name is the sweetest sound. One easy system is every time you meet someone, use their name. The barista who makes your coffee, the security guard who lets you in, the parking attendant who's kind to you, the retail person who is of so much help to you. Most people in service industries wear name badges, so use their name, be generous, be kind. People love the sound of their name. I am constantly astounded at the simplicity of this technique. Every time I am with someone, I will use their name. Now, there is a university in America called High Point University, and the president of the university is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Nito Cobain, right? Amazing he is amazing. He is best phenomenal. speaker in the world, maybe. He like... is one of the best speakers. You're absolutely right. So Nito is a friend of mine, and I've spoken at High Point a number of times. Now, as a case study, for anyone who is interested in watching a true transformation, go study High Point University. Just hands down one of the most transformative cases studies ever this he took this campus of like not even half a dozen buildings to literally taking over half of the town of high point university he's changed the way students register their experience of external education but here's what impressed me the most nito is one of the best speakers in the world he's written books he's phenomenal he's a very successful businessman serves on a number of boards but this is what impresses me the most about nito when i worked the campus with nito i was astounded that every student who approached Dr. Nito Cobain, he knew their name. Now he's not their teacher. He is the president of a university with over 5,500 students. That is how attention pays. Because Nito understands that each of those students that are under his care, he has a responsibility to give them the attention that they need. That to me is exceptional. So an easy system that everybody can implement that costs absolutely nothing is be really so in the moment that you can use someone's name. And that systemized thoughtfulness will help you build deeper relationships. It definitely helps you be more profitable because people remember you, but it also allows you to show up in the world fully present because sometimes people introduce themselves and you forget their name within moments of them introducing you. Don't be that person. Be so in the moment that you use their name over and over until your brain registers that this is important information. And watch people smile at you a little brighter, look their shoulders go back, they will give you even better service when you do the simplest thing, and that is show someone that you see them. And an easy way to show someone that you really see them is use their name. Beautifully said, Neen. Nito Cobain, um, anyone listening right now, uh, there's a beautiful documentary on YouTube. It's about uh, 40 minutes about Nito Cobain on High Point. And yeah, that's a story that I still remember today. Goosebumps. Yeah, he is 
a phenomenal case study. He's in the book, in one of our books, of called Attention Pays as a case study for someone who truly is the role model for me on intentional attention. This is a man who also installed in the campus a, um, a, a fine dining restaurant just so that the students could learn how to uh, conduct themselves in a business meeting over dinner and learn dining etiquette and conversational etiquette. The same man who has installed first class airline seats in the cafeteria to teach students how to have conversations when they're on a plane with someone. This is a man who is constantly looking to explore how can he leave his students with life skills and his employment rate of the students at High Point University is phenomenal. They go on to have some of the coolest jobs in the world. And that is because of his leadership, the faculty he's chosen, and the environment that he's created where he believes that all the students are extraordinary. And he pays attention to so many details. If you don't know High Point University, just for your own benefit, go and check it out and definitely watch the documentary that you're talking about. Yeah. I love those stories. I, re I remember that one of his first investments was uh, an ice cream truck. Because mm -hmm. he realized that at the beginning of the university year, parents would drop off their children. And like for the first time, they leave mm -hmm. the house to say goodbye, like an emotional moment. So he said, we need an ice cream truck so they can have their moment together, have an ice mm -hmm. cream, have a last chat, and really yes. make that flow more smooth. Yeah, it's amazing. If you are if you're a student looking at High Point University as a potential place to, to to study, as you pull into High Point, there will be a parking space with your name on it when you visit High Point University if they know you're coming. I mean, his attention to detail is off the charts. And what I'd love people to, who are listening to this to think about is, what's your version of Nido? What's that little thing you could do that would make you stand out? What's your Nido moment? What is something that in your business you could do that others can't do? You don't need to get an ice cream truck and you don't have to install a fine dining restaurant in your business. But what is your equivalent of, it, of that? What is one way you could show the clients, the members, the patients, the customers that you serve that would show them, hey, I see you, you're important to me. You're not just a transaction. You are someone I want to intentionally spend time with. I love that. That's a question that deserves some attention. Nina, I want to I wanna ask you a few questions on what it means to be an influencer on the skill that you are. So before the interview, I told you about the shift I made in my business from mm -hmm. doing coaching workshops, trainings on, on productivity, time and stress management to actually creating what I believe is the biggest productivity machine that is possible for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So I facilitate purpose-driven entrepreneurs to come together um, in different formats, once a week, virtually, once a month, physically, to simply ask for the thing they desire most for their business, and the rest of the group commits to share network knowledge experience to get that. Right. Um, now, almost everybody in the network is, is ready to get out there super talented, important message, building something that makes the world a better place, not just today or tomorrow, but for the decades to come. Mm -hmm. And so being able to get out there, speak on stages, reach people, build that network, 
Well, that is something that you've been doing for quite some time. You speak on a lot of stages. Now, what is a message that you want to pass on to my audience so that they can understand what's ahead of them on the, walk, uh, the road that they're walking? You know, Alexander, people fundamentally want this. Everybody on this planet wants to be seen and they want to be heard. And I was reminded of this. I was sitting with my little five-year-old friend. He and I were in this very heated debate about who was cooler. Was it Superman or Batman? Now, if anyone listening to this has a five-year-old friend, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So there we were debating this whole thing. And I was with his mom and she and I were trying to have a cup of coffee and Donovan is his name. He just kept inserting himself into the conversation. He kept interrupting all the time. And he would say, mean, do you like to play outside or in? And I'd be like, oh goodness, I don't know, outside. And he'd say, mean, do you like cats or dogs? I mean, crazy questions. And he didn't think I was listening to him, Alexander. He got so mad at me. He got so mad. He jumped in my lap. He grabbed my face in his tiny little hands. He turned it towards him and he said something I will never forget. He said, mean, listen with your eyes. I mean, it took a five-year-old to remind me, we don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our eyes, we listen with our heart, we listen with our soul. And what I want our listeners to realize is this, we all need to listen with our eyes more. Somebody needs your attention, somebody craves your attention. We don't even need the attention of everybody, we just need the attention of somebody. And so as entrepreneurs, can I encourage you to really listen with your eyes? If you're in the corporate workplace, listen with your eyes. When you go home to the people that you share your life with, can you listen with your eyes more? The reason I'm so passionate about attention is because I want people to create significant moments that matter. And the way to do that is to see people and to hear people. And when you listen with your eyes, that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it is so true. You know, one of the first things I, uh, I often do at the events that I host um, over here in Amsterdam is I ask the room, who in this room is an influencer? And typically two, three, four hands go up out of 25 people. And I ask them to think again, what, what does it mean to be an influencer? It means you, you influence other people's choices and behavior. And I believe we do that all day, every day, every interaction. Let's ask ourselves, does the other person leave feeling better? after our interaction. Mm -hmm. And as long as that is the guiding principle for all of us, mm -hmm. we keep propelling ourselves and each other to new heights. Right. You know, when I walk into a room, I always want, I, I just assume everyone wants to play with me. I always have. I just, I just, I'm so inquisitive and I'm curious about everyone. So I always walk into a room and I assume everyone wants to play with me. And when I walk into a room, I want to look at people and go, oh, there you are. Like, I've been looking for you. I'm so excited that you're here. And I think that as leaders, and I use the word leader, I don't care what your title is, I don't care how long you've been in this business, I think we're all leaders, whether you have a team of people or you are a team of one. And I think that we have a responsibility to walk into a room and go, oh wow, there you are, I'm so glad you're here. 
And I think some people walk into a room and go, here I am. And you know what? That's the wrong approach. What I want people to do is walk into a room and look for people and go, there you are. I'm so glad you're here, right? Be the person who makes others feel so incredible, so amazing. You're so fascinated in them. And so I think people need to be more fascinated than fascinating. And when you're more fascinated with other people, people will find you fascinating. I think the term influencer gets used maybe not in always the most positive light. Social media has hijacked this powerful word, right? Because if you've got a million followers on Instagram, suddenly you're an influencer. But people that we all know have influenced us, generations before us, grandparents, school teachers, doctors, lawyers, next door neighbors. We have so many influences in our life and those influences are often how we show up in the world. So we get to choose to be a really positive influence on other people by walking into a room and assuming everyone wants to play with you. And you don't have to be an extrovert to do that. You just have to assume everyone will find you fascinating, provided you start by being fascinated with others. Yeah. I love that. It, it reminds me of a coaching conversation I, uh, I once had uh, with an entrepreneur. And we got in touch because he was having panic attacks and you know, a lot of stress. And so there was a, a lot going on in his head. Um, of course, after he got his stress under control, we started to look at some of the next steps. And he mentioned, well, I'm often afraid to step into meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I step into an important business meeting, He says, it feels to me as if the entire company depends on it, as if my whole life depends on it, every meeting, again and again. And and so as as we zoomed in on that topic, we we looked at ways, like simple tools, things he could remember to make meetings lighter, easier, simpler. We came up with three rules, three things that he can always do in every situation, every meeting, every social setting, things that he always carries with him. We agreed that he would always make a good impression if he would, one, look the other person straight in the eyes, Mm -hmm. left eye to left eye, Mm -hmm. smile, and ask a question. Perfect. Perfect. That's it. Now back in control. Some of the simplest systems of attention are getting back to fundamentals. You know, the power of writing someone a handwritten note because you appreciated something they did. The power of thanking someone and using their name and saying, hey, I see you and I appreciate what you did. You know, taking flowers to a spouse who is always there that we often might take for granted. Planning a date night with someone that you love. Um, Planning a date night with little people in your life. You know, calling your grandparents if they're still on this planet and you're lucky to have them around. Ask them about a story from their, their life. And I think that when we approach these systems of attention on a regular basis, on a daily basis, we find that by being fascinated with other people and being smiling and showing up and looking people in the eye, we feel better because of it. We have a better day. It's like this amazing side effect, right? So I believe that we need to move from unconscious attention to conscious attention we need to move from transactional attention to intentional attention because when those things happen that's when i think we even 
we have so much more fun. We have an even better day. We show up in the world even better. When we're not focused on ourselves, we're focused on everyone else. Can we please have some more fun? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I want that. This stupid, oh, everyone's too busy. Everyone's so overwhelmed. But if we just bring back the lightness, there's this phenomenal speaker by the name of Tammy Evans. And she's a brilliant keynote speaker and she's so funny. Companies hire her all over the world because she has this great message about levity in the workplace, about bringing lightness and joy to everything. And she's hilarious and so fun to spend time with. But companies love having her because so many companies want more fun. And see, look, even your pussycat wants to be okay, part of this cool. whole fun. Exactly. That's the benefit of working from home is you get your little furry babies who can play with you. I love it. <laughs> so nicely sleeping in the room next door. <laughs> Not anymore. No. <laughs> I love it. Come on, bed. I'm gonna take you out for a moment. We have we have another one uh, sleeping over here, shiny. Being very compliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shiny, great sleeper. <laughs> So we're allowed to have more fun. That's great news. I think so. And I think that people want that. They want to, whether you have a team of people who work with you, or maybe you work with different vendors, uh, or maybe you go and you work with other people around you. As an entrepreneur, it can be very lonely. You know, we sometimes are so in our head about everything because we're doing everything, especially when we start out. But if you can surround yourself with people who can help you have a better day, who you can balance ideas around with, who can help you be accountable. As I, I run an entrepreneurial practice and uh, I have an accountability partner in my life. Every Monday I send them my goals on email and every Friday I report back on how I did. And so as an entrepreneur, I've brought that into my life so that I will stay accountable for saying, this is how I'm going to spend my time and attention this week. And we report on personal and professional goals so that there is an element of taking care of ourselves, our health, our, men our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being, because as entrepreneurs, we show up as the whole person. You don't just check out once you go into a client's site. You are the whole person. And so when you can find your uniqueness as an entrepreneur and show up as that, that's when you'll get people's attention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once you dare to be yourself, once you stop yes. copying and just... Ugh, it's too exhausting. Just do you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, what, what really made a big difference for me is uh, spring last year. I don't remember what triggered it, but I made the conscious choice to stop filtering my words. Hmm. So to stop that, that thought mechanism that would check that what I'm about to say, whether that's actually the right thing to say, mm -hmm. I just let it flow. And I trust that it will generally be okay and I will not hurt or insult anyone beyond unrepairable damage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that oh, set in motion so much uh, uh, development and learning and freedom to just be me uh, unapologetically mm -hmm. it's still a process but just to stop filtering it created a lot of space in my mind to focus mm -hmm. my attention on what's going on right now rather than what's going on inside of myself 
Right. And I think too, when English is not your first language, you are used to communicating in your language. So right now I'm trying to learn Spanish because uh, I have moved into a new area and my next door neighbors are Spanish. They don't speak a lot of English. So I thought I'll learn Spanish thinking, oh, it'll be easy. Mm -mm -mm. Not so much. And so for someone who's my age, I know I sound like I'm five, but if you add a zero, you're getting much closer. And um, what happens is where we have all these patterns that are embedded in us because we've learned, in my case, the English way to say something. It was hard enough when I went from Australia to America to learn all the crazy little nuances of words and I still get it wrong. Now I'm gonna add Spanish in there as well. But I love what I've learned from, I have a private instructor who's teaching me the patterns that they teach. And when you understand the patterns of Spanish language, it allows you to accelerate your learning. When you have a heightened awareness of the words you use and your intention behind them, it makes such a difference. By freeing yourself up and leaving out the filtering, your intention is pure. Your intention is, I wanna be able to do what's right for both of us in this situation. Yeah, maybe you use the wrong word occasionally. So what? But words are so powerful and I love language. I love the nuances of words. And so learning Spanish is not as easy as I thought it might be, but it's a journey, right? And I think it's made me so much more conscious about my language patterns and how I say things to make sure it makes sense, regardless of whether people's language, their first language is English or not. Super powerful. I have one question that I still really want to ask you. Um, and that ties back to something you said uh, a little while ago. You spoke about spiritual well-being. What does spirituality mean to you? I think it's different for everybody. And so my version might be super different to everyone else's. So I grew up um, in a church background. So my parents went to church. I went to Sunday school. So I was exposed to Christianity and all kinds of versions of that. And then as I got older, I think what I realized is spirituality to me might be very different to people that I grew up with. It might be very different to even my parents' beliefs. I have a strong faith. I do believe in prayer and meditation. I do believe that on this planet, we are connected to do something so much greater than we are even capable of. And so for me, it might be really different to someone else. So I don't care who people pray to or even if they do pray. It doesn't matter to me. But to me, I do believe that we are on this planet for a limited amount of time. And during that time, I feel like we need to serve the best we can. And so for me, a lot of it is about service as well. How do I serve in the world right now? So I absolutely believe in prayer. I absolutely believe in God. And your God might be very different to my God and that's totally okay. And that's something that I also love is there's no right thing in you know, spirituality. I think we get hung up on religion. I'm doing air quotes around that word. But to me, it could be the beauty of walking along the beach and seeing the magnificence of the sunset. To me, that's spirituality. It might be watching and listening to an older couple share their 50 years married and the stories that they have and how they're so connected, you know? It might be you've been thinking about someone and then all of a sudden you hear from them and you haven't spoken for years. I think we're all very connected and connected to something so much bigger than ourselves. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. My it's, a, it's a topic that's uh, not often spoken about and I found that there's a lot of value and connection in there. So I love asking this question and 
even at our mastermind meetings, we often start off with some meditation, visualization, mm -hmm. and doing that as a group exercise, I found that it creates a really strong connection. You can feel the energy in the room change, and suddenly everyone, although it happened inside of themselves, coming out back into the room, into the group, suddenly there's a shared experience. Oh my gosh, I saw this brilliant speaker. You would love her. Her name is Erin Gargan King. She wrote a brilliant book called Digital Persuasion. I would highly encourage people to get their hands on it. Erin, I watched her speak in front of hundreds of people, and she is a real specialist in helping people to get attention very quickly in their digital communication, whether it's the email, sales conversations, or social media. High energy like me, super fun, gorgeous girl. And she had the whole room, she took them through a meditation. Now, I was sitting in the back of the room as another keynote speaker, and I was like, I wonder if everyone's going to buy into this, you know, because not everyone's into it. The feeling in that room was electric as she guided them through this very short meditation. And it was a beautiful validation to a point that she made. The whole room jumped to their feet as soon as she finished, gave her a standing ovation because she was able to help people understand in that moment and connect to a spirituality that was their own, their own choosing, their own vision, their own goals. And so I really admired the way she did that in her keynote. And so I think that the fact that you're giving people these different senses of awareness is so powerful. Spirituality, it means so many different things to people. There's no right answer to this. And I think people just need to find what works for them. Yeah. Super nice. I love that example. Very innovative and very powerful. Yes. And um, very encouraging as well. Mm -hmm. Ning, thank you so much for all your energy, all the great stories. I took tons of notes with all these like little fun ideas, like remember everyone's names, write the thank you cards, like all these small things. They, they seem small, but they can mean a world of a difference. So I loved this conversation and time flew by, which is, well, you know, as an attention expert that an hour is not always the same as an hour mm -hmm. when there's flow. An hour can seem like a couple of minutes. It did. It felt like a few minutes. It was such a privilege to serve you and your listeners. I would definitely recommend people um, check out the show notes with all the different resources we're going to put together. Go and have a look at some phenomenal speakers like Tammy Evans, Erin Gargan King. I recommend Nito Cobain to people and all the spelling will be in the show notes for you. But I do want to thank you for what you're doing in the world because I believe that there is such a deep need for us to connect at a greater level because attention is all about connection. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, your energy, sharing your wisdom. I had a lot of fun and uh, I think we have some very, very valuable content here. Just That's a great. meaningful conversation. That's all it is, right? Attention is just about connection. Thank you for allowing me to serve your guests. And that is Neen James, one big ball of energy. I loved how this conversation was flowing naturally and how it was full with tips, tricks, simple things you can apply. Now in the show notes, I'm gonna mention all the resources that Neen mentioned. Some names of the great speakers that we are all going to look up immediately this evening when we come home, of course. And also the book Folding Time. She's gonna share it with us. She's gonna share it with you so that you can get it from the show notes and start 
managing your attention even better than you might be doing today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you had a great time. I hope you leave feeling inspired. For now, I wish you a beautiful day. Let's go out, influence people, make progress, and most of all, let's have some fun. Thank you.